protein is a really important part of a horse's diet. It's just that they don't need as much of it. They are super vegan, so they're not carnivores. They're not out there hunting for animal protein. Welcome to this week's episode of Healing Horses with Alicia. I'm your host, Alicia Edwards. This week is going to be a continuation of last week's episode, which was episode 16. And the topic of that one was feeding alfalfa to horses, what you should know. In that episode, I talked about the nutritional properties of alfalfa, what it can be used for, how much benefit it offers as a source of protein. But I also talked about the feed toxicity associated with alfalfa when you're feeding too much. And of course, depending on the horse, there's always allergies out there too you want to be aware of. But for the most part, alfalfa does have some beneficial properties. So I don't want you to feel that alfalfa is like a toxic thing. It's not. It's very beneficial for a lot of horses. And one of the reasons is when you're looking up information on how to feed a balanced diet to horses, one of the most prominent topics you'll come across is sugar levels. We're all worried about the sugar in hay. Very little is actually talked about when it comes to protein in horses. And protein is a really important part of a horse's diet. It's just that they don't need as much of it. They are super vegan, so they're not carnivores. They're not out there hunting for animal protein. They should not be eating fish or any fish products or anything like that. But they do need protein. And the reason for that is because when protein is broken down in the stomach and absorbed as amino acids into the body, they are the building blocks for tissue, not just tissue building like muscle growth and development, but also for repair too. So protein has a really important job to do in the body. I talked about that in more length in last week's episode. So tune into that one uh, to get full context on that. But what I wanted to focus on today is protein deficiencies. So how do you recognize it when your horse is protein deficient or any horse? So if we're following the rules out there that you'll find on protein requirements for horses per day, is it enough for your horse? Just because we're feeding a certain percentage of protein in our hay or supplementing it does not mean you're meeting your horse's requirements. So the best way to know if something's working for your horse is to be able to start identifying and recognizing nutritional imbalances. So that's what we're going to do today. I'm going to talk about signs, symptoms, and causes. And I'm also going to leave you with an example of a horse that is protein deficient, the health profile that went with that. So what that looks like for that horse and how we corrected it and how she's doing today. So that'll give you a lot more information as to how and when to use it. So one of the first things that you should be aware of when protein levels start to drop in a horse, the body naturally is always in a state of protection. It wants to make sure that it's compensating and trying to restore the body to a state of balance all the time. And one of the ways in which it does this when the body starts to become deficient, there's not enough protein in the body for it to use is it starts to protect the vital organs first. And this is true for a lot of different situations. So organs like the heart, liver, kidneys, lungs, pancreas, intestines, bone, and endocrine glands will receive protein deliveries first because they need them the most. They rely on those amino acids as building blocks for healthy function. So then when it comes to some of the 
connective tissue or the things that maybe need protein the least for survival, such as skin, hooves, joints, eyes, and hair, they get kind of the last of it. The body will start delivering protein after the vital organs are looked after, and then the rest of these things get it last. So that means when a horse is starting to show deficiencies, they can be very visible in the health profile because you can see it in the hair coat. There can be eye problems. There can be joint stiffness. There can be hoof problems as well. So these areas become deficient first, which is a good thing for you because when you start to recognize this, you can correct it before it causes a lot of imbalances deeper into the vital organs and and body function. So let's talk about some deficiency symptoms because there's a profile that goes with this. And I talked about it last time, all the different benefits that amino acids have and the job that they have in the body. So when we start seeing deficiency symptoms, that can include poor appetite. So they may just not want to eat as much. Slow growth rate. So this is going to be really applicable for the younger horses, for example. Weight loss. So you can kind of start to see the drop top line. Some horses will even develop more of a pot belly look to them too. And hair coat will reflect this. So you can end up with a dull hair coat or sometimes hair loss. You can have um, hair loss in horses as well that have uh, significant protein deficiencies. Increase incidence of physical injuries. This is related back to the connective tissue. So amino acids are building blocks for all the connective tissue in the body for a horse. And I know it seems kind of counterintuitive because they are a thousand pounds of bone and muscle and tissue and ligaments and tendons. We would think that they would need like a diet really high in protein. And the exact thing is true when it comes to horses. So they need protein. They just don't need a lot of the kind of protein we think they should need to build that muscle, but it absolutely will affect the connective tissue. So if they're starting to injure themselves a lot, it's kind of, and I do ask this question, like how often are they hurting themselves or pulling ligaments or tendons or aches and pains and things like that? Because if it's happening a lot, there might be something there where the muscles aren't getting the nutrients they need. And one of the nutrients you want to look at is protein. There can be poor mental focus and concentration, so poor protein affects the brain as well. Depression and fatigue go with this health profile. Hoof problems, that can include splitting, cracking, but also laminitis because the lamina is a specialized tissue in the body, just like all the other tissue. And so it actually can be more sensitive sometimes to nutrient deficiencies and toxins and things like that. The other big part of this profile is poor immune function. Some of these horses will have frequent infections, viruses, allergies, skin problems, and other immune-related conditions. This is important to recognize because when you see a horse that's just sick all the time or they're always catching colds or in the herd, they're always the first to go down with something. They're just susceptible to a lot of different allergies and things like that. Sometimes it's the last thing we're thinking about is what's in their diet and is it balanced? We're all thinking about, you know, what can we supplement? Give me a supplement to help this immune system. And as one of my rules is food first, always food first. You got to assess like, is it possible that they could be deficient in protein and they're just not getting enough? And of course, it's not just the immune system we're looking at when we're trying to establish that profile. It's all the other things too. 
Are they just tired? Have they, they're just unthrifty. You know, they just don't look strong or healthy. They might be losing muscle mass. They're getting sicker all the time. Like that's a profile and a pretty significant one. And so when you start seeing that emerge, you can just assess like, does my horse need more than they are getting? So horses with protein deficiencies also lose muscle mass over the shoulder. So we talked about the weight loss. You'll see that in the back and the loins and it results in a drop top line. And they're more likely to develop water retention. And this is true for humans too. So if your horse all of a sudden, you know, nothing else really changed in the diet, but they're just losing their muscle mass, some of them will kind of develop that pop belly look and some of them will actually start holding fluid and you'll be able to see those pockets of fluid and puffiness in their body. And sometimes this can happen for hard keepers too. So edema can also be caused by high sugar diets. I talk about that as well. But if it doesn't make sense and, it, and it's kind of like an onset when there is no other changes or increases in sugar in the diet, this is definitely something to consider. So what causes protein deficiencies? So horses at risk are those ones on poor pasture rangeland. This is going to be important also if your horse is not on any forage at all, like live forage. They're not on pasture. They're not able to go graze. And sometimes that's true for horses that are metabolic and they're sensitive to sugar. They're off the pasture. They're just getting hay. So then the only place for them to get that protein is through their hay, which is actually not a natural food for them, right? It doesn't come directly out of the ground. It's dead. So we do have to be mindful of the nutritional quality, and that includes protein levels in your hay. Any horse whose performance requirements burn up a lot of protein, so performance horses, right? So we can't expect our performance horses to hold their muscle mass, repair injured tissue or strained tissue if they don't have the building blocks to do it. So these performance horses, if they're using enough, can certainly benefit from more protein in their diet. Pregnant and lactating mares have higher requirements as well and also senior horses. So I see this probably more often with senior horses where they just need more protein than they're getting. And sometimes what they're getting is in the normal range. It's just their requirements are exceeding that now, just with their age and everything else that's going on in their body. And when we're looking at protein levels in hay, we usually like to see them at about 8 to 10% for sedentary horses. And by sedentary, I just mean they're just in the pasture. They don't have a lot of physical demands on them. They're not necessarily really overweight. They're just a regular average horse, but they're just not working very hard. So 8 to 10% is a good amount. And then when there's more physical demands uh, or their body has higher requirements, you can exceed that. You can go up from that. That's sort of the range we want to see. Now, the other thing I see often with horses is you can take average age 10-year-old horse where there's maybe not age is, is part of the profile and they are deficient in protein despite being fed a lot of protein. I'm starting to see more and more just the malabsorption of protein. So if they are getting enough protein, are they absorbing it? Are they actually is their body able to break it down and absorb it as amino acids for that rest of the body to use? And sometimes their digestion is so compromised, such in cases of ulcers especially. So gastric ulcers will really hinder the body's ability to digest protein. Medications that suppress acid production also will impact the body's ability to break down and absorb amino acids efficiently. 
And so if you're starting to see this profile and you're thinking, well, that can't be right because I've got my horse on a high alfalfa diet. My hay analysis is correct. Are they absorbing it? And that's a whole other health condition that you'd want to get help with because sometimes it's just not that straightforward to correct. If you are ready to dive into the world of holistic horse health and all it has to offer, I invite you to join me for my 12-week online signature program, Healing Horses Their Way. This program only runs once per year, and I'm excited to announce the doors are now open to welcome the class of 2024. Registration is now open. Inside, you'll learn how to formulate natural health programs using diet, lifestyle, single nutrients, herbs, and homeopathic remedies. And this course will also empower you with the tools and confidence you need to make informed decisions and take charge of your horse's health. If you want to learn more or you're ready to register, you can look in the show notes for the links. There's one link that will take you to a page to learn more about the program and how it's run. And the other link is just to get registered right away. I can't wait to welcome you. So let's go over an actual case. I think this is just how you learn the most about horses and how to kind of identify these imbalances as they come up. So this was a horse that recently I just worked with in the last year. The owner is a friend of mine and I we work closely together professionally. This was a little bit of a puzzle um, at the beginning. Nobody was really sure why her health profile was starting to deteriorate when she had all the things. Her lifestyle is great. She lives out on a track. Her owner is one of the best trimmers I know. So, you know, we there was some issues there with the hooves that just were not making sense to her. And they grow their own hay. So she's been feeding hay off the same property for 10 years. They watch their hay analysis. So they know that the levels are about 8 to 10%. And last year was an especially low year. I don't know for sure, but it may have been around 7% or so protein in that hay. They seed every two years. They fertilize every year for three years. And they don't use herbicides or any chemicals. And it's non-GMO. So they're really conscious about the hay that they're feeding their horses, the lifestyle they're providing for their horses. So something just wasn't making sense here. So prior to two years ago for this horse. So she's a 20-year-old. I believe she's an Arab Welsh cross. And she had little bumps starting to develop on her body. Then 12 to 18 months ago, she started to develop lots of them. So there was lots of little bumps all over her body. They were hard. They weren't itchy. The hair was growing over top of them. And then her body condition started to deteriorate. So she was ribby. Her top line was weak. She started to lose sort of that definition around her withers. And the hooves started to fall apart a little bit. Now, they weren't cracking or anything like that because her owner keeps her on a really tight trim cycle, three to four weeks, I'm assuming. She didn't tell me that, but I'm assuming that's what it is. But there was some separation starting to happen. She had three episodes of laminitis in the last two years. The last one was triggered by a stressor her friend had left. And so that nothing, this wasn't making sense. Why is the lamina so weak when everything is being done properly? The other symptom she had as part of the health profile, she's really tired and depressed. So she's just kind of existing, just cruising around, but there was not a lot of life in her. She had lost a lot of her vitality. Now, when you look at this health profile, we've got skin problems, perhaps some immunity issues. She's starting to lose muscle mass, weak top line. She is an easy keeper. 
that's the breed that she is. Her laminitis is starting to flare up, her connective tissue is starting to weaken, and she's presenting with fatigue and depression. And the other symptom she had was really goopy eyes. So her eyes were really filled with gunk all the time. This profile fits PPID. This is a Cushing's profile. So because of her age at 20 years old, her owner thought it's got to be Cushing's. And she didn't have her tested yet. We weren't quite there. But that would be a good assumption because she's kind of always struggled with crested neck, fat pads. You know, she's kind of got that easy keeper predisposition. And so it wouldn't be a far cry to assume that, you know, it's starting to affect the hormones and she's starting to develop symptoms of Cushing's. So when I looked at this profile... I knew something was right. You just see this kind of thing enough times that I wasn't sure if ACTH was involved or not, but I knew that there were some deficiencies happening here just because of the lifestyle she had, how well cared for she was and her hoof care, all of it. So something just wasn't making sense here. And I know she's got a lot of extra things in her programs. She's had some really well put together programs in the last few years. So what's going on? So I did the assessment and basically came up with a protein deficiency. So if you were to go back into the original list of symptoms that I talked about when it comes to protein deficiencies, she had a lot of them. Increased incidence of physical injury. So just things weren't right in her body. Her connective tissue wasn't strong. Poor mental focus, depression, fatigue, hoof problems, laminitis, poor immune function with all the gunky eyes and skin problems. I mean, she had, you can go down that list and check a lot of these things off. So before we just make assumptions and jump into sort of the Cushing's boat, we want to make sure that our horses are being supported and that any nutritional imbalances are being corrected first. Because whether or not this horse had PPID or got diagnosed with PPID, you are not going to aid in improvement, recovery, better health, Cushing's or no Cushing's when there's serious nutrient deficiencies going on in the body. And so we had to correct this, whatever was going on. So we started with two pounds of alfalfa per day. That's weighed dry. I'm not going to get into amounts for other horses because this is going to depend on your horse, their sensitivity level, the amount of deficiency, their hay. That's a whole other topic. But for this horse, we started at two pounds dry and the owner increased it by half pound every week. So she increased it slowly. And I love that she did that because it kind of helps you see the gradual changes over time instead of, you know, doing too much too fast. And then something happens with the horse or the horse responds in a funny way. And you're not sure if it's what you're feeding or how much you're feeding. So she did this slowly over time, half pound per week in almost immediately energy levels come up. And that's one of the first signs and symptoms that I like to see in horses when they're improving their health. Are we doing the right thing? So when energy levels come up, great indicator of better health. Three weeks in, her hooves began to improve. Energy came up immediately. So this tells me that we certainly had a deficiency happening here. Um, otherwise, those hooves would not have improved. So if this was a, an absolute PPID case where high cortisol levels were breaking down tissue in the feet, this wouldn't have improved because we didn't make any changes. We didn't start soaking hay, reducing sugars, doing all those things. We just added protein and a few other things to our plan. Five weeks in, the muscle tone started to come back. So she started to get a better top line and her wither started to fill in a little bit. 
that's also a good indication that her metabolism is now building tissue, which is always what we want with horses, no matter what's going on with them. We, they, we want them in an anabolic state where they're building tissue, building muscle instead of breaking it down. Because hooves take a long time to grow, they still have to grow out that disconnections, but they will continue to improve as the lamina continues to tighten. But she's comfortable. She's not in pain. There's no inflammation of the lamina anymore. Muscle tone is better. Her energy returned to how she felt when she was 12. And that's a big deal because, you know, so quick we're, we're, we're like, well, she's 20. You know, she's over 20 now. She has a right to be tired. And maybe sometimes that's a little true. And sometimes it's like, no, they just don't have what their body requires to sustain healthy energy levels. So make sure you're exploring all these nutritional things before we just go, oh, she's 20 and she's an easy keeper. She's just tired. You know, that's not true. Now, one of the other cool things that happened was all those bumps that she had developed in the last 12 to 18 months literally went away. And what I find interesting about this is when you have a horse that has protein toxicity, so they're, they've been on high alfalfa diets for a long time, it also causes bumps in the skin. And the old farmers used to call them protein bumps. If they were eating too much alfalfa, they would break out in bumps. And that's just the byproducts of metabolism of too much alfalfa that do that. And the skin starts to try to eliminate it and you get those skin reactions to it. So in this case, a protein deficiency caused that problem. And then once her protein levels came up, all those bumps started to disappear. Her goopy eyes, there's still a little bit there, but for the most part, that there was a huge improvement to the goopy eyes as well. And when I see like goopy eyes in horses, it's actually very common in Cushing's and PPID horses. But there's a big connection there with the immune system and also with the liver. When I'm formulating programs or if we're working on formulating programs in my courses, that's just something to be mindful of. Like this horse needs liver support sometimes, right? Especially if they've come from high alfalfa, high sugar feeds, and things like that. In this case, it was the immune system that was starting to break down. If this wasn't caught, where would it have ended up? Like we have to think that too. What would that immune system start to do to express itself in an attempt to restore balance if it just didn't have the amino acids it needed for all of its functions? So Emmy is really happy and her owner reported that she now is leading the herd out instead of being a follower because she has enough pep in her step and her energy levels have come way up. Um, and she gained about eight years to her life. So well done, Emmy and her owner for getting through that. So I hope that helps a lot of you sort of look at your horses a little bit differently, you know, just because their protein levels are exactly the way they should be according to Google and all those other requirements we put forward. We definitely have to start looking at our horses as individuals. What are their requirements and why do they need it? Um, are they absorbing it? There's a lot of things that impact nutrient absorption as well. So I hope you enjoyed that. Thanks for tuning in as always, and I hope to see you again next week.